And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. The Walking Dead. Hello and welcome to Walking Dead Wednesday. I am Chris Honeywell and I am here with two other potential future shambling corpses. Uh, Mr. Sean Engel. Hey everyone. And Mr. William Robinson. <laughs> Both recording remotely tonight. <laughs> nice. Both technically <laughs> off on uh, one one definitely working one. You're you're on a work assignment. Yeah, I'm so piling up the stay- bonus points. <laughs> piling up the two true freaks overtime. Two true freaks travel miles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Try to redeem yeah. those at the airport. <laughs> yeah. See what you get for that. I'll go to Scott's house. I was told I could turn these freak points in. Get the hell out of here. His wife's <laughs> cocking the shotgun in the doorway. <laughs> Just turn Who's around. This fat Just... guy. <laughs> yeah. Just keep walking, mister. <laughs> All right. Well, tonight or today or whatever, I, you know, it's it's funny. There's probably somebody listening to this at 6 in the morning tonight, listening to their zombie podcast at 6 a.m. The birds are chirping. We will be talking about Walking Dead number 50, which is really funny because... You know, the buzz was that this, you know, Walking Dead would be building to some big episode or, you know, issue. And that issue turned out to be 48. Yeah, yeah so. that, that's kind of nice, actually, that, mm-hmm. you know, they, they threw you off there. But you, you could also think that, you know, you hear that writing for the trades and it kind of it kind of does feel that Kirkman might have been writing for the trades, you know, by having 48, which is just basically you know, a division of six. Of six, yes. You know, to 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 be the uh, episode where he ends off for the for the for the trade. So, but regardless, this is a good issue itself on its own. Yeah, not a double size. Nothing, nothing out of the Walking Dead ordinary. That's another thing I liked about uh, liked and like about the Walking Dead is it's not, you know, it doesn't. Yeah, the only real the only real thing is I, I guess it came out with a couple of alternate covers you know one yeah. of them was uh, a sort of superhero-esque cover done by eric larson which had you know mm-hmm. our, our main characters and protagonist in sort of you know stylized superhero poses you know rick had a mm-hmm. like a cybernetic arm and the governor had a big claw thing and michonne yeah. was basically a ninja so and there was a backup in there you know backup story now that I, that's right you know it's funny i'm reading it from the i used to have all the comics but now i have the trades thanks to uh bill robinson and i forgot yeah. it had that backup story in it where it was all a dream and there were it was like superhero rick and or you know superhero villain governor and it was all in it it was basically all the things that like the the stupid readers had asked for that was ridiculous. He gave it to them in in you know one short little added bonus to it. I used to have that alternate, and that was actually I think the first alternate cover on a Walking Dead comic. 
at, at that point. So it was kind of a it was it was really weird. I, I bought it the first thing I saw it at the comic shop and I never buy stuff like that. I'm like, bro, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> Man, I forgot all about that. Anyway. What it <laughs> all of that has reflects not at all the 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 feel of the actual Walking Dead number fifty. So I shall present my synopsis, which I have carefully and lovingly prepared for everybody. Um, it, it nurtured and grown from a young and, ripe age of a few hours ago, and hugged it and squeezed it, <laughs> at it and pet it, and I will name it George the Synopsis. <laughs> You're very bad, George. You need to be spanked. All right, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That's an entirely Blah. different thing that you keep. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 50 by Robert Kirkman and Charlie Adlid. Um, so, you know, Rick basically has looked in the last issues like he's keeled over dead. And, um... And Carl is freaked out. He's yelling at him, Dad, wake up, shaking him, trying to get him to wake up. But all Rick can just sort of do is grunt and groan. And he's so close to death that, that uh, you know, Carl thinks, you know, he might he might be coming back. So he pulls a gun and sort of observes his dad. But no, his dad's still breathing. He's just all screwed up. So he sort of curls up and falls asleep next to his dad and... The next morning, he gets up and, you know, puts a wet cloth on his head and tries to get him to wake up and starts getting frustrated and screaming at him, you know, wake up, just fucking wake up, and is interrupted by zombies tapping on the window, probably alerted by the yelling. So, uh, he gets up, sort of checks out the situation, and, uh, sort of takes a little sneaky creep out the back door and um, ends up sort of like luring the zombies away from the front window and away from the house, just trying to sort of lure them away. And he's doing a really good job about it, but when he gets around the corner of the house, boom, he of course runs smack into a big old Bubba zombie and falls to the ground. And meanwhile, there's two others snapping up behind him and it looks like he's a goner. He pulls his gun out, shoots the Bubba, who sort of falls on him, but is not quite dead. He's got to sort of uh, shove the gun in his mouth and and finish him off. And then he manages to twist around and blow the head off uh, the woman and the guy who've been chasing him and sort of crawls away, pukes, stands up, and realizes, I am now a man. Um, goes in and sort of coldly assesses his dad on the floor and starts bragging about uh, what he did and telling him the story of it and then starts getting a little cheeky and, and telling his dad off you know um, you know, you, all these people are dead because of you you couldn't protect him and uh, and sort of ends up you know leaning against a, the wall crying and and basically telling him you know if you die I guess I'm, I'll be able to make it. So uh, that night, he's uh, he's looking over at his dad, and he's giving him a grim, like, Damien from the Omen look when his dad sort of rolls over and reaches towards him, making a very zombie-like grung noise. 
So he pulls his pulls his gun on his dad, and uh, you know he's getting ready to pull the trigger, and then he just realizes he can't do it. He he can't shoot him. He'd rather rather just have his have him eat it, get it over with. And uh, it turns out uh, Rick's still alive. He's just really messed up. He's feverish, and 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 tells him to stay safe and and stay inside. And uh, Carl just, he doesn't know what to do. He crawls over and just sort of cradles his, his dad's head in his, his lap and says, Dad, I'm scared. So scared. Sorry, I had to be dramatic. But the end of, end of issue 50. A rather somber issue again. We, well, two in a row now. <laughs> what did you expect? A lighthearted, <laughs> yeah. uh, comedic one? Leave it to Yeah, they still haven't gotten ice cream yet, so. Yeah. Ice cream? Know, but... We're gonna eat ice cream. But, uh, yeah. This one is basically the first issue where Carl. And we're gonna see this progress throughout the rest of the comic that Carl's going to have to try and be on his own. This is the first sort of issue where Carl. Well, you said it in the in the synopsis that Carl becomes a man. Yeah, I was and this being is where he's trying to. Well, you're being kind of about pas- it, but yeah, pas- but yeah, he's going to have to, you know, in his own mind and you know, in the minds of the other, yeah, characters that he's with, he's going to have to try and, you know, be ready to be on his own because there is always that possibility. It's always lurking there that Carl may end up you know, alone by himself and he's going to have to fend for himself. And it, it's, it's great because they get the idea of this kid who's in this situation that's uh, completely hopeless, you know, having to defend himself and he's doing all right for it. And he's feeling, you know, confident in himself, but then there are moments where he's just a kid. kid. So it, mm-hmm. it's great that Kirkman's able to, to sort of balance that you know him trying to be an adult and him actually realizing he's a kid so it's uh, it's good writing on Kirkman's part here well yeah well the the part where the the zombies start where he messes up and they're on top of him that's usually the part in, in Carl's life up until that moment where somebody comes and bails him out and goes what are you doing you know but uh there's nobody to do it here and he basically he he pulls uh Rick or a Tyrese or a Michonne and and muscles his way through it and you could tell Actually, he just loves it <laughs> when he's done. I think maybe he's seen Predator because he comes around the corner. Come on, come on, I'm here. Eat me, come on. <laughs> I'm sure he had that accent too. And then, oh. and, it's, and then he goes around the corner. No, I'm over here. Oh no. <laughs> No, no! <laughs> oh, God, oh, God! I, I do like that image on that one page, you know, after he's finishing them off, that sort of satisfied look that uh, Carl's got, the, yeah, the sort of smug smile. That, you know, he's... he's kind of scary. It's a feeling. <laughs> well, in a way, yeah, it is. You know, uh, you don't want, uh, like, a 10-year-old kid to be a cold-hardened killer, but, you know, unfortunately, he kind of has to be in this situation. If he wants to be a living 10-year-old kid, he... he definitely has to be very true so when the uh when the avon calling zombie and the um jehovah's witness zombie comes to the door 
And uh, do you do you notice that Carl drags Rick's body to the door to keep them occupied? No. Yeah, because if you see, he's he goes, Ugh, come on, and he pulls his dad in front of the door so that they'll stay there so he can sneak around. That's pretty smart. Yeah. Yeah, so he's yeah, using his dad as bait. I, I, yeah, I didn't. You know, I didn't notice. I thought he was just trying to move him out of the way. So yeah. No, that, because you can see their silhouette on yeah. the other side yeah, of the window. Yeah, no, actually, he moves yeah. them closer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Here he is. So you know, that's uh, again, you know, that's just another sign of him, you know, maturing past his age. You know, you know, he's thinking about, you know, what you have to do to keep these brainless undead. You know, occupied. Well, well that's ten year old kid ten year old kids are crafty little bastards. You know what I mean? that they they're not brave really. I mean that's he's he has to be brave, but I mean like figuring out smart. that's why I like the movie Phantasm so much, because the kid in that is like a real kid you know. Mm-hmm. Real kids real real kids are have more chance of getting out of a situation too, because they're like little rats, man. They'll you know, they'll crawl through a hole in the wall or whatever, you know, and and they'll figure out ways to trick you and stuff. So that that kind of fits in the in the kid mode. It's it's having to fight your you know blow people's heads off with a gun while keeping your cool that that starts getting into the you know where well, yeah, yeah that does kind of stretch you know credibility in some parts. Yeah. Well, plus there's another scene that kind of shows that Carl's maturing and he's more aware of what's going on around him is that when he uh well at least that's the way i see it is that when he uses the water and he puts it on the rag to cool off his dad's head you see him wring it out back into the container of the water the the excess water so he's smart enough to not just wring it out on the floor and lose it even those few drops of water he's conserving and putting back into their into their supplies yeah, I noticed that as well. That's that's pretty clever because yeah, water is a resource that you know you can't just it's not coming from the taps anymore. No, so you've yeah, got I mean, water and you know that's going to be in scarce supply. So yeah, that's that, that is another point there that Carl is becoming a bit, a bit more clever than just your average kid at this age would be. So her mm-hmm. survivalist instincts are kicking in. Although. Screaming at the top of your lungs is probably not the best thing to do in the zombie apocalypse when you're yelling at your dad. Yeah. <laughs> you draw the zombies to the door. So in one instance, he's smart. In another, another one, he's uh, he's just not thinking. Well, that's what but, I like about again. Kirkman is, you know, a lot of people would uh, take the Carl as a cold-blooded killer thing to a more, you know, extri- you know turn him into Dirty Harry. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kirkman keeps him a kid, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He he. You know, his actions are are maturing and an adult, but you know, every once in a while, you know, he has to be that way. Mm-hmm. But in in essence, he's still just a ten year old kid. And you know, I, I that's what I like about this comic is, or about this specific issue is that you know you get to see both sides. You get to see him have to be an adult, but you know when when the pressure situation is over with he's back to just being a scared little kid. Right. Well, also... Is he st- oh, go ahead. Is he still 10 here? You know, it's never really given a specific mm. age. You know, I, I, I yeah. always imagine, you know, him being about 10, 11 years old. Yeah. 
yeah the time the time frame in this is is stretched out so i think at this point it hasn't been really more the the whole story hasn't been really more than a year i don't think it's been i think it's been about like maybe a year well they've had one one winter so and yeah, oh, you know what? But it was starting stuff. to get cold at the beginning of the series when he hooked up with his family. They were, you know, it was it was starting to get chilly. Mm-hmm. At so night. maybe it's only been about seven months because they're basically when we see in the next issue that that they mentioned the summertime, well, the summer. So it's well, the baby was born. So there's so nine had, months. There's nine months there mm, from the yeah. beginning. Yeah, it'd have to be uh, maybe a couple of years because it started out. You know, in, in kind of the fall and moved into winter because when they moved to the well, the baby was conceived in like around yeah, Juwan. the baby was conceived yeah. So and the baby was only was not was I would very say, very I would say know. a year yeah a little yeah yeah that makes sense yeah with a, with like a three month with the baby being three months old yeah yeah so maybe like a year year to fifteen months or something like that has passed. So yeah, so Carl's still a kid. He might not be the most yeah. mentally healthy little kid. No. But then again, healthy is pretty much measured by being alive <laughs> in this world. <laughs> That's sort of the marker if you're you know if you're grading on mm-hmm. a curve. <laughs> well, what kind of weird curve is this? Yeah, it's a pretzel. It's a pretzel. <laughs> grading on a pretzel. <laughs> That's a lost, shattered the bell curve. It's a lost Bon Jovi song. Great on pretzel. Why not a pretzel? <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know, it's that's another old song. Yeah. I think the thing is, is this issue is one of those, is one of those, you know toilet reads it's one of those quick ones oh yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of action going on there's not a lot of talky talk and everything but you know it's it's one of those issues that that gives us the the moments of fear and the moments of dread but you know it's it's character building and you know we haven't had really all that much character building with carl throughout the story i mean he's kind of been just you know tag along with Rick, keep your head down. And he's, he's starting to come in his, into his own. And this is something that we're going to see going forward in the, in the book, which, you know, we're going to see Carl become, you know, uh, there's, there, yeah, Car- there's going to be quite a few some... wrinkles in Carl coming soon. Yes. Oh, definitely. <laughs> um, and this is just kind of the beginning of it. Yeah. 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 And I mean, w- we need a few issues of character building because, you know, after if issue forty eight came out, everybody was kind of shell shocked with it. So if Kirkman did any dramatic deaths or or horror, you know, just any more killings of people, it it would have probably just not have had the effect. You know, of forty eight. You know, people would have been just like, oh, okay, they're dead now. You know, he had to. He has to slow it back down, and uh, yeah, you've got to have some time to to start, decompress after that because I mean, and start winding that, that it back a, up again. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I kind of see forty nine, fifty, the next one, and then a few others after that. Kind of like the 
Andy Griffith show opening of The Walking Dead. You know, a boy and his dad walking along, although it's the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> because really, that's our two major characters we have and how they interact with each other. You know, they're just carrying the fishing poles, or in this case, the shotguns and the pistols and right. the supplies. And instead of catching fish, they're sh- shooting zombies. Yeah, and... Well, and again, you know, this is and the barber are all corpses. <laughs> Ooh, well, that's Andy. We, don't, we don't know if anyone else is, is left. We don't know if right. you know, Andrew right. or Dale or Michonne or anyone. Well, got a, we know well, you saw well, Michonne. Yeah, yeah. You don't know if they're ever going to meet up again. You don't know if it's just right. going to be Rick and Carl wandering the wilderness. So, yeah, it's it is it is kind of like the creepy evil dead version of anti-andy griffith show and after 48 i think a lot of people were thinking you know rick could go you know (laughs) rick could go and we could find out that the comics have been really all about carl up to this point you know Mm -hmm. It, it was it was uh everything was sort of up in the air yeah it's a it's a weird little it's a weird little um these few issues are a weird little spot in the in the run because they're they're sort of that an in-between story time and the characters have almost gone backwards they're going back into the you know into the area they were in before they went into the prison and they're sort of mm-hmm. back to scrounging around like they were before they found the prison in in the same sort of place and yeah. and you can tell that they're thinking to themselves, or that Rick's thinking to himself, you know, maybe maybe hunkering down in one place is a really bad idea. Maybe we had it right from the very beginning. Maybe there is no um, rebuilding of civilization as much as there is just pure survival. Well, and it's it's sadly become kind of a cliche that this is you know, what happens to Rick is, you know, the, you know, Rick finds some new people. He, crap. <laughs> getting a, getting a shave. <laughs> Quick shave in. Shut up. Haircut. Two to hell. Bits. It reminds me of uh, my kid. That was what my no. barber would do. His final step would shave the back of my neck and he would pull out the vacuum and vacuum up the stray hairs. <laughs> nice. Bring me back, man. No, but what I'm saying, you know, it's uh, kind of a trope. Uh, you know, meets a new group of people. He gets to know the pack. Someone loses a limb. Someone gets killed. And then Rick and Carl move on. I mean, I, I guess this is sort of the beginning of, you know, what becomes a trope in The Walking Dead. But it, it's an interesting beginning. It's a, I imagine it would be a tr- I, I've thought about that a lot because and and the letters column reflects that too as we go on in the story as we you know go forward people start you know throwing out stuff like you're recycling storylines or you know we keep you know there's you know we keep building up another little society or something yeah that might be just how it goes you know and and each time though it's a little different wrinkle on it you know and uh i'm thinking in the latest one to way forward in the comics it's funny i i think of that as being fairly new but i think they've been 
in that little society longer than they were ever in the prison. You know what I mean? At, at least as far as numbers of issues. So, you know, I don't mind the repetition. I think it's part of the the whole thing, the whole relentless nature of zombie stories. You know, you have relentless zombies. You have, I mean, what else would you do besides trying to survive and and make a better life <laughs> that's that's sort of what when stripped down to the barest essence it seems like human beings do so mm -hmm. well and that's just the it's also just you know the the sort of nagging of your your average fanboy you know they yeah they're, they're not happy with you know whatever they get so uh, you know this the story the story is has always been compelling and it even up to now and we you know that supposed trope is going on but the story is compelling regardless of whether or not you know you see the same things happening because kirkman writes interesting things mm -hmm. going on you know with the characters and with uh, the new characters that come into the story so I, I find most of the complainers are people who are in it for the zombie kills. <laughs> you know, they're in it for the zombie action. That's what they love about yeah. zombie movies. And I love the zombie action, don't get me wrong, in, in zombie movies or zombie stories or whatever, you know, we're talking about zombie media. But um, it's the it's the subtext that I really like. It's the, the stuff that happens between humans as a result of all of that, you know, and what it has to say about humanity. So in that case, you know, I don't mind if issue after issue goes by and we don't even see a zombie. Because even if you don't see a zombie, you're always reminded that you're in zombie world. It's, you know, a ravaged, ravaged civilization. Yeah, that's, so that's it one hangs of the things, over, you know. That's one of the things that I get, mm -hmm. you know, with my friends who aren't reading the comic or watching the TV show is they're all about the zombie kill. Oh, whoa, did you see that zombie kill? The, you know, the one in the well, it got ripped mm -hmm. in half. Oh, mm -hmm. that was amazing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, that's not what the show is about. The show is about the interaction between the people and how they relate to all this. Right. You know, the zombie kills are just there for, for show. What, what really, you know, technically the meat of the book and the show is the character interaction. And what we have here in this book is just a really good, uh, character story it's a really good character art with uh carl having to grow up so mm -hmm. it's a sweet story <laughs> the boy and his dad <laughs> well now now i'm thinking the movie a boy and his dog which is another <laughs> cynical post-apocalyptic <laughs> non-sweet movie that's a bit different it's a it's a it's a bit different yeah, they got their moments in common. Well, I don't. That's about all I got for uh, for this issue. Uh, yeah, I think we've beat this horse dead. Oh, that's yeah. okay. It'll come back in a few minutes. <laughs> oh no! So Red, no. Next month we will be covering <laughs> issue number fifty-one. See you then. And it'll be the same crew of idiots. Because next month is really going to be two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so wrap your minds around that, man. Time travel's a bitch. Yeah. Back the curtain.
We are podcasting at so close to the speed of light that time is distorting. That's because Sean keeps going near that black hole. <laughs> You can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode. With your message read in the show's opener, it's that easy, and there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. Anytime you plan to visit Amazon.com, please be aware that if you use the Amazon.com link located on our website, www.2TrueFreaks.Libson.com, Two True Freaks will receive a referral bonus for any items you purchase. There is absolutely no additional cost to you whatsoever for doing this. All proceeds go directly toward keeping new episodes of all your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated podcasts rolling and it really helps us out. So please, use our Amazon.com link anytime you plan to visit Amazon.com. Welcome to Amazon. I love you. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.libson.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Libson is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. Dumbass. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com, where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. We were finally invited aboard one of these spacecraft. 
which landed near Ann Arbor, Michigan, on October the 24th of 1954. This is a drawing of the craft. As I was leaving the craft, the commander, Soltek, said, soon others of your people will be able to have an experience similar to this.